Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. Whenever we talk about uh, the legal system, um, rights in particular and processes that uh, may or may not be followed and kind of get into some of our constitutional discussions here on Liberty and Law, we um, we always uncover a lot of things that go beyond just what you might think are the, the basics of criminal defense. Now, whether it's the basics or uh, going in-depth, we always rely on Attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law to join us. Um, he comes along each month to share information on, on frequently things, uh, as they say, just ripped right out of the headlines, and we've got a discussion like that today. So, uh, James, first of all, thanks for joining me. We're going to talk about, uh, well, personal data and how that may or may not be being used, and um, I'm, I'm glad you came across this because it's an interesting topic. Well, you're welcome, Jim. I, this just caught my eye when I read this uh, Forbes article, and uh, as you know, I've, I forwarded it to you immediately, and I thought this would be a good topic for us to do a podcast on. So uh, let's hit it. Yeah, and it's one that's, you know, it's so new. I, I, I guess I'll put the disclaimer as you and I talk about, you know, I, I don't know that we know everything about it yet, but here's what we do know, and, and let's go from here. And that that Forbes article um, kind of introduced this topic, and it, it talked about keyword warrants. Now, if you're an online user, you might know what keywords are, but tell me what keyword warrants are. Okay, well, this is a, a – it, we're familiar with search warrants and, and things like that, and they have to be issued mm-hmm. by a judge. In the case, it's, uh, the Department of Justice went out and got warrants issued uh, through their grand jury process, right? So they have secretive proceedings, and they issued warrants for Internet providers, in this case Google, for search terms used on their search engines. And they want information on anybody who did certain searches on certain keywords that they termed it keyword warrants, right? So any, any um, information related to that search, including accounts and IP addresses and other information, is to be turned over to the government. And uh, from what we know, the Google did comply with this uh, keyword search warrant and provide information to the government. We don't know what that is, but they did provide information. And, uh, boy, so many questions pop up already. So, first of all, um, you mentioned Department of Justice. So, according to the article, that's where this specific request came from? I agree, yes. It came to the Department of Justice uh, in the case in, in Wisconsin. Um, that we we know about this because there were forms that happened across some unsealed um, documents in the, in the Department of Justice uh, database. I don't think they ever meant to unseal these. They meant to keep this proceeding secret, and that's how they're done. Yeah. But Forbes, to their credit, they did not publish what they what they the documents themselves. Right, the the, the mm-hmm. Department of Justice mm-hmm. went ahead to reseal those documents, but they did provide the information that they they gleaned from that. But in this case, even even certain information was that was made public, like the young there was a, a victim in, in this case, a young lady uh, who was a minor at the time uh, of a, of a kidnapping and sexual assault. And they had the Department of Justice, when they had unsealed this document, they actually unsealed information related to that minor. They're not supposed to disclose it to the, to the public, but um, as sometimes happens, that, that gets disclosed as well. And, and this sprung out of a case in Wisconsin, and, and is that what you were referencing there? This was a case about a, a criminal sexual assault? 
That's correct. There was a, the the, um, the Department of Justice was looking, and the FBI was looking at uh, sexual uh, sex trafficking and kidnapping mm-hmm. as it related to that. So that's why they wanted this um, this keyword search warrant because they wanted to search. Uh, they wanted to, information related to who was doing searches for anything re- regarding the victim's name, the spelling of the mother's name, uh, her address, and, and they've narrowed it down to 16 days through the course of a year. I don't know what those 16 days are, if they're consecutive in the time frame. Or, yeah, and these, these are secret proceedings, so it's not really they're not tested by the uh, opposing party, so we don't have that um, that hallmark we would typically see in a criminal proceeding that, that both parties represented. Um, so we don't know yeah. all the information, um, but we know what was released. Um, on it. Yeah, and, and that's you know, the key point, as I mentioned earlier. We, there's a lot we don't know here, but we, we read and hear so much about all the data that Google or other search engines collect on users um, and store. Um, and I guess... Um, you know, we just get concerned about that from a personal perspective. But now we've got um, this being used in a criminal investigation. It, are you are you aware in terms of uh, investigators reaching out to Google to get data? Is, it, is this becoming a common practice? I don't. Again, it's hard to answer that question without these these proceedings being disclosed. These are secret proceedings mm-hmm. which we don't know about as a public. So, how common is it? Um, I'd like to know. I, I, it's really that's a question for me. I, I think there's there's issues there, like you just pointed out. The, the, the privacy experts out there have a, will have uh, issues of this, you know, complaints with this. Whether or not you can engage in any sort of criminal activity, that's irrelevant. These are our searches. These are keyword searches that they're searching everybody who uses this search engine. Mm-hmm. You know, right. this we we are all being searched, and in our in our uh, any search that we've done for whatever reason in, in our past is subject to this go back in time and see what we can dig up type of approach. Um, you know, the, with what we're used to, Jim, with, with search warrants is there will be a suspect, right? Officers that think suspect John Smith is involved in whatever criminal activity, and they have some information leading them to that, but they want to get more. So then they go to the judge and say, Judge, we believe there may, you know, that this suspect may be involved in an arson. We would like to do a, a keyword search for this person to see if they searched any kind of things related to arson. Well, that's a little more particularized, and, a, and an issuing magistrate can look at that and say, okay, what evidence do you have that John Smith is doing this? Oh, okay, it's worth this intrusion into his life. I will sign the warrant. Okay, that's very specific and particularized in the warrant that they're seeking. That they're seeking. But in the mm-hmm. case with these keywords warrants, everybody's being searched for whatever term that they've they've outlined, right, or combination of terms. Now, I, I want to go deeper in that because um, from from what we read in that article in this particular instance, and apparently many other instances, Google complied with the request. I think the article mentioned that, you know, they get hundreds if not thousands of requests each year, and we don't know how many they comply with, but they complied with this one. Uh, frame, frame this from a constitutional perspective in, in terms of um, – you know, what protections might be, in your opinion, being violated in this process? Well, that's just the thing. We don't know what protections are there. These are secretive proceedings. The, uh, the other party doesn't know about them over this, this type of issue, and, and the legislatures haven't really considered it, right? This isn't something that's subject to regulation. 
like many other uh, in, in the warrant process, there, there's, there's procedures mm-hmm. that are, have been uh, promulgated and approved by legislative bodies or other rulemaking authorities. Okay, this, that, this has been subject to any sort of public debate. And again, we have First Amendment concerns with uh, the chilling effect on free speech and, and Americans' right to, uh, to engage in, 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 in this sort of uh, search activity without mm-hmm. restrictions from the government or being suspected at any future date of, of any kind of criminal activity. Everybody's a suspect with this, Jim. And not to mention the Fourth yeah. Amendment consideration, too, which is a, as a defense lawyer with search and seizure, uh, and the reasonableness uh, of that uh, always being a, a feature of things we look at. If I know about this, I will challenge it. It's one of the things, uh, will I be told about it? Yeah, well, boy, that's just it opens up a whole other line of questioning here. We'll try and dive in a little bit with James Dore. Um, and, and I always uh, like to share with you that you can find out more about James' work at uh, LavelleLaw.com, get his profile, get his background, and, and get many of the uh, podcasts that deal with uh, First or Fourth or Fourteenth Amendment, different amendments um, that we've talked about, as well as different uh, uh, criminal proceedings and court proceedings. We've got so many great conversations, uh, and you can find them at LavelleLaw.com. Um, so just looking at it from the other side, um, there's someone out there, you know, sex trafficking is, is, is something we all want to eradicate from our communities. It's a, it's a horrendous crime. Um, someone will look at this and go, hey, it's a, it's a great new tool that uh, uh, the investigators have to be able to maybe help narrow this down. Is, is there um, not a valid point to, to look at it from that perspective? Well, Jim, it may be an innovative tool, and it may help ultimately help police solve some crimes. Um, I'm not saying it's totally ineffective. From what I know about it, it may, it may very well, um, uh, in that search, catch up the the true suspect. But part that bothers me or concerns me is who else will be um, caught up in that search of innocent users of the, of the Internet, right? Um, so we have to balance that. And, again, this may be an innovative tool that the police are using, but the police don't have the authority to start um, developing their own tools like this and searching yeah. Americans yeah. At, to date, at their discretion. There, there's a constitution and these type of searches, they have to be, I think, uh, policed a little more efficiently than, than what we're seeing here. Again, we don't know, and it's, it's one of the things that, that is disconcerting about this, is we don't know um, the, the, in practice uh, how they, these are being used. Yeah, and one of the things that I think I say all too frequently on these podcasts with you, James, is um, the next question. It could probably be in a podcast of its own, um, so we'll mark that. But you, you mentioned these this finding came from sealed documents or what were supposed to be sealed documents. We hear about that. What, what does that mean? What, can you explain the process and need for sealing court documents and what may have gone wrong here? Well, I think that- I do the process called sealing when it relates to criminal people's uh, criminal background, but this is a different process. What this is in, uh, involves the Department of Justice and their grand jury proceedings, and these these proceedings are prosecutor tools. They're 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 designed um, to seek evidence and seek indictments, and these processes are, are secretive. Um, so when when the document became unsealed, when Forbes did their did their article, they followed up with Google and with the Department of Justice about this. And the Department of Justice did not know that this was unsealed, and they quickly moved to reseal that document. So my guess is it was by error, which is you know far too common. It's something else we have to factor in in judging these kind of 
um, warrants and the information the government is allowed to receive because they also they're they're then safeguarding that information so um, it's a process it's, yeah, go ahead go ahead Jim. no f- finish up because i i, I want to change topics but let, let me let you finish your thought there no it's just it's a process that, that we need to 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 know more about it i, I think to fully uh, answer all these questions but that's what i want to know all right that we're, we're this is a debate what is this what does this entail then we'll know a little bit more what to do with it and, and what I want to give you the opportunity to do here is re- reiterate what I think I heard you say earlier, which is if this were a case you were involved with defending someone and information was presented this way, this is something you would challenge right away. And do you think you'd have a, a strong challenge, you know, in, in not uh, not having known about this or the way it's presented? I, I mean, I, it's uncomfortable with how the process went about. And if it, something like this was in my, one of my cases and I was, I was told about it, I would definitely challenge it. That's part of the problem with some of the times is uh, the defendant's not told, told exactly how some information came to light. You know, they'll bootstrap it in later with other means, and they won't disclose mm-hmm. this warrant at all. I mean, I don't know. That's it's, it's the thing that bothers me about the secretive nature of these is we don't know the true ramifications. And, and we've got about a minute left. You mentioned, um, you know, this is all very new, um, kind of kind of groundbreaking territory. Any thoughts what might happen next? Is it likely that we'll start to see state legislatures or even federal government make some, some rules around these types of searches or this using this type of tool with these searches? I would like to see the legislature step up and, and do some rulemaking on this because right now we are relying on Google to comply with law enforcement requests and at the same time protect the privacy of their users. I don't think they care much about the privacy of the users if they're just handing the stuff over. So legislatures need to get involved and make sure there's standards that the officers and law enforcement has to follow and standards as well as far as the the Internet search uh, companies, as far as what they are required to keep and disclose. Yeah, boy, a lot of of things we can kind of – move into here, but uh, we're going to wrap things up for today. I want to thank Attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law for being with me and engaging us in this uh, very, very interesting uh, conversation about keyword search warrants. Uh, I think it's not the last we'll hear of this, and um, certainly if you have questions, you can follow up by calling James at 847-705-7555, or again, visit LavelleLaw.com and get more information there. But uh, great conversation. Uh, So thanks to Attorney Dorr for being with us, and thanks to all of you for listening. And uh, we'll be back uh, each month with a new edition of Liberty and the Law.